0: How's everyone doing? Welcome back to Black and White Christianity podcast, episode 11. Um, Tonight, we're going to be talking about sexual sin. I'm your host, Walter Mitchell.
1: Tyreek Osborne.
0: And we're thankful you guys are here with us. Um, Tonight, we just want to come to you with a with, you know, one of these topics that's sometimes really difficult to talk about. I think it's difficult to talk about at home. I think it's difficult to talk about in the church, but we're going to talk about it here because we like to get into those more difficult things. Um, Tariq, how you been? You been doing okay? Good,
1: Good. yes. God is good as always. How about yourself?
0: Amen, amen. Hey, I can't complain, nor should I. So (laughs) I... (laughs) So tonight, let's get into some scriptures that we have. I'm going to go ahead and start us off. Uh, My first scripture that I'm going to bring is 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside of the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So just to start off, I'll ask you a question. First of all, how does that scripture speak to you?
1: Man, it's, it, it, it really goes in line with the scripture that I had, which is wow. Which is go <laughs> you ahead. Said. Go ahead. Just read yeah.
0: yours. Read your scripture. Yeah.
1: All right. We got Mark 7, 20 through 23. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them for it is from within, out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person." Now, some might think like, well, okay, yeah, I can understand the similarities in, in this script, but like, why, why would you think that those two necessarily kind of go together? And what I'm hearing is the within part. You know, these, these, these kind of these kind of uh the sexual immorality and the different things like that, it's not just, it's a multi-layered sin, you know, it's not just something that you are doing yourself, it's something that you are involving someone else in at the same time. And all of this sin sows with in yourself and it's it's a communal sin and is and it's rough it's it's just like what you said about it like how does it speak to me it speaks to me is that it's more than just than just like an outward thing it's also something that that pulls on the inside and me personally I'll speak from personal experience here when I involved myself in that, um, in a younger age, it was just, you know, turmoil the entire time. I was never, I was never, I grew up seeing it and and being told that, you know, that that's what, that's what we're supposed to do and different things like that. But I, I, I always had that internal turmoil to the point where I could not even enjoy the act as people do or as people try to make it seem like it's so awesome it was always a sin that was internal as well as an external thing so um yeah man that's how it's really speaking to me as far as like how the scriptures go together how they overlay like what, what do you think
0: so i want to start off this podcast with a light testimony uh off of something that I've gone through and am dealing with. I cannot come into this podcast and condemn or judge anyone because that would be hypocritical for me. This particular sin is the one that is the heaviest and the hardest for me. As a man, men have urges. Not all men struggle with the same thing on the same level. But for me, this particular sin rules the roost so to speak of the ones that have a hard time dealing with so i struggle with sexual sin to this day it is not in the level that it used to be but i want to clarify that i have been continually sanctified and this is starting to become something that is not doesn't have as tight of grip but i would be lying to all of our viewers to say oh yeah i'm completely free of it that's not true that's not true um and so this one is, is, is difficult for me because I, this is still something that I, I deal with daily. I have to fight my mind to think about, you know, pornography or, or lustful thoughts or any of the stuff that entangles, me. and not just men. I want us to understand 50 years ago, yeah, maybe it was all just men, but we have women now that are also falling into the pornography train. Um, mm. The way this particular scripture speaks to me is it is a sin you commit against your own body. And so I think that's one more level. One, it's one thing to commit a sin that affects somebody else. But this sin affects you. And it is almost like you're, you're injuring your own body unknowingly because you're doing it for the flesh. And the flesh is there for destruction. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so I, I want to say before we get too deep into this, I'm in this place. I know what it's like. Not only do I know what it's like, but I know what it's like day in and day out to deal with that prying on your mind. It is, it is a constant Velcro feeling of tearing apart and coming back together, of trying to fight it and trying to push this way and, and failing and having the shame and guilt after you've fallen in, into that place that you know you're not supposed to be in. And then you lie to yourself and you say, hey, look, I'm just, just one more time. That's what everybody that has an addiction says just one more time, whether it be alcohol, drugs, smoking, whatever it is. The last thing you say is, hey, look, this is my last time. So I'm going to ask you this question, and we'll I'll, I'll, I'll move it in that direction. But I wanted to get that out there because I don't want anyone to think, hey, these guys acting like they don't deal with this. Not true.
1: No, no. but before Not- you ask the question, my question really goes and coincides with this, and I guess maybe we might have lightly touched on it, but I want to get it out here anyway, is uh, why does sexual immorality seem to be a more complex sin than others?
0: I think it, it, it is a more complex sin than others, be, than others because it affects more of your, more members in so many ways. It affects the mind. It affects the speech. It affects the heart. It affects your family. It affects those around you. It is more of a, of a collateral damage sin, so to speak. Uh, than some of the other if you steal something you have stolen it and that is an individual isolated sin you have stolen it and that individual was wronged and you were the one doing the wrong it's it's a more cut and dry but with sexual sin it, it is like a cancer it, it starts to consume you it, it it takes over your mind it's how you react to things it's how you treat your wife/ husband if you're a woman it, it's how you deal with conversation it affects more on a broad scale and it's a hidden sin. It is the one sin I think out of all of these that is more hidden. I'll say more hidden. Yeah.
1: Because
0: there's a deeper level of shame attached to that one.
1: There's things, there's things to it. Like right now, not saying that you are, but you could be thinking about something sexual right now in this moment, and we're doing what we're doing. There's no way for me to know that. So, like you said, there, there's that's a that's a um, that could be a hidden sin. Um, and like you share your story, I'll share mine. Uh, as a young man, like I, I tried to stay away from it as long as I could because I knew it was wrong, and I and I wanted to wait to marriage and that kind of stuff. But when you are we like we talked about another podcast when you do not have you don't cultivate an environment to succeed and you allow worldly people and for my in, in my instance my closest worldly person to me was my brother my brother was one of the bigger influences to me because i come from a single parent home this the parent being a mother and my brother was the, he's seven years older than me, and he was the male figure I looked up to. I'm not here to blame my brother because I knew in my heart that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to wait until I got married. But that, like you said, with with the sexual sin, you, you're your you're watching things, you're getting on porn sites, you're looking at that, people are telling you how awesome sex is and different things and and you're you're just constantly, it's like wave after wave of people just blasting you with how much this particular thing is awesome and how you're crazy if you wanna wait till you get married because you'll get married and then that person that you get married to will not respect, whatever whatever you're bringing to the table is the sexual and you know there's there's all these guilts and doubts and uh you know different things like that and then eventually if you listen to the lies long enough you'll believe the lies and then you will act upon these things so it's imperative that we create that environment to where we're not bombarded all the time but that sexual once you once it's one of those things as long as you don't participate in it there's that curiosity but there's not a knowing and once you know it's completely different from curiosity because you know a woman in the biblical sense of what the bible would call know a woman if you're a man or know a man if you're a woman and now you have that experience you you have an intimate knowledge of what that is as opposed to just curiosity now there is a desire in your bones instead of just a morbid curiosity. We are creatures that are created to express ourselves sexually, but it's supposed to be within the confines of marriage. There is so many spiritual applications to the sexual that the Lord wanted it to be within a marriage. Everything about the sexual brings brings everything in. It brings you closer. You have deeper um, a connection to people, uh, to the to the person you're with, excuse me, all of those different things, and when you go outside of the natural order of things, and you're just out here willy nilly. Now, as you're living your life, e- even even now, I'm plagued by thoughts of things that I've done in the past, by thoughts of websites that I have seen and I don't go there anymore. But if I close my eyes, I can go back to that place in an instant, just like any kind of secular music you may hear. You may have stopped listening to secular music and you hear just the right tune from a secular music and you can sing sing the whole entire lyrics. Where our bodies were made to remember we were creatures that were made to remember, so when you expose yourself to things that you don't need to expose yourself to, now you have that burden of remembrance, why it's a blessing and a burden at the same time, so yes, it can make it difficult, you could be doing something that you're supposed to be doing within the compounds of your marriage, and your mind goes to another place, and now that's sin on you, Do you know, so- It's very important to keep yourself away from sexual sin for a variety of reasons. And that complexity to that sin just is a compounding. Like you said, there is a compounding effect to it.
0: So with with that phrase you just said, then, if somebody came up to you and says, hey, look, how do you master sexual sin? Then, How do you master that? In application.
1: So, I, I mean... In my situation, the way that you master sexual sin is you submit to God, you submit to Christ. That's the only way that you yourself are going to be able to master sexual sin is to submit yourself to Christ. When these things come, when you become a believer, when the sexual desires come from you. Now you need to take that dinner bell of the sexual desire and turn that to things of the spirit. My body is telling me that I want to watch porn when a reality is actually time to read the word. Now it's, time to, now it's time to pray. Now it's time to do things other than these things that are coming for you.
0: But Tyreek, I have submitted myself to Christ and this still plagues me. What am I doing wrong? You may not be doing anything wrong. This may now
1: be you're thrown in the flesh. It may be. It may very well be this thing that you will have to struggle for. But the thing about it is is that the reward for fighting, the reward for resisting in, in pursuit of righteousness and holiness outweighs the burn that you may feel from sexual desire or the sexual want or need to be involved in any of those kind of arenas or areas so it really all comes down to the why why are you burning with sexual desire why is that and then once you understand that now it's your why what's more what's more important to you is it to satisfy this temporary need or is it to be a servant in Submissive to the Lord's plan for your life and to battle. That's why the Lord has given us the um, the full armor of God to go to war. We're too passive in 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 our struggles. We're too passive. We don't we don't we do not go into spiritual battle to fight these things. We normally
0: roll over because it's something that our flesh wants to do. I would say to the same question: You have to know yourself. And you can't lie to yourself. This being the one thing that, that burdens me the most, I have to know myself and I have to know when I'm weakest. That doesn't mean I don't fall. We all fall over a multitude of different things. But you have to be aware of it. To master something means that you have to say that your, the urge for that said sin is outweighed by the self-denial of the same thing. And so that is not cultivated easily. That's something that has to be continually worked at and worked at and worked at in the sanctification process is a lifetime process. It's not overnight. Um, So I, I would, I would say the Matt, you know, you look at the situation with Cain, you know, why is your face so downcast? You had, he had a physical uh, appearance to him that was recognizable by somebody looking at him. And he says, don't, Don't, you know, sin is at your door. I can tell by how you're acting, you're about to sin, but you must master it. It desires to have you. And if we would, and and I'm speaking to myself, I feel like I'm talking to myself right now. If we would look at sin as more of an encroaching um, threat and we were more on guard of it, we wouldn't necessarily put ourselves in such vulnerable positions. But the problem is it feels good. It's not a beating. It's not a a physical whooping. So like, yeah, I'm going to try to like fight against that. But this thing I like, this thing satisfies a desire that I have that was placed into me. A man has a desire to be with a woman. If he didn't, we would have no children and we would have died out long ago. That is a desire that was put in us by the almighty that was then twisted by the flesh and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. So sexual desire is not wrong in its essence but it's wrong when it's applied in the, in the, in the, in the not so good application without, without the confines of marriage is what I'm trying to say.
1: Absolutely. Let me go ahead and uh, touch on that real quick. I have the scripture here. It's Galatians 6 and 8. It said, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. It's two choices. You sow to the flesh or you sow to the spirit you have to make that decision and that's the and that's the thing that's 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 the parable of the goodly pearl what what it what is what is your where do you find value do you find your value in being of a righteous standpoint and wanting to please the almighty with the life that he's given you and is sustaining you or do you want to be concerned about the flesh and the pleasures of that flesh because we all know just like you're talking about Cain before that we had the fall of man from Adam and Eve eating of the fruit and ever since then we have been corrupt our flesh has been corrupt that it our internal mechanism and also the world around us was corrupted because of said because of said sin so we have to understand that the gratification of the flesh caused the fall. If that were if that makes any sense, that caused the fall. And that is still working in the world today. Christ is our savior from being Bound and shackled by sin. When we were non-believers, we did not realize that we were slaves to this stuff. We just thought this was what we wanted to do. It feels good. It tastes good. It This is that. We thought that's what we wanted. So whenever that desire came from us, we fell headlong because that's just like breathing to us. But now that we know the truth, we understand that even though we have the freedom to do these things, these things are not beneficial to our well-being as far as understanding that we belong to Christ and we want to have eternal life and we do not want the destruction that is coming for people who do not bend the knee to Christ. So we have to... Pay attention. I, I I'd say for what one of this the main things that this thing hinges on is choosing. The Bible says, "Choose this day whom you will serve." It's choosing. Are we going to choose to keep falling over the same rock, or are we going to choose to fight because we want to? We want to move forward. We do not want to stay stagnant. Or or feel like we're making progress and then falling backwards. We don't want to do that. We want to be closer to the Lord, and I'm sure you're going to talk about that later. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna step on that right now. But like we want the closer you are to the Lord, the further away sin is from you. you cannot be near the Lord. Sin can't be there. Where where the light is, the darkness cannot be.
0: So we have to have to be that way. I'm going to push back just lightly on that. I think the closer that you get to the Lord, the more heightened temptation comes for you because they know that you're moving away from the natural and heading towards the spiritual. So how often many times has me, have me and you fasted. And during that fast being near to the Lord to that day, we are tempted more that day than any other day of the week.
1: Now let me ask you this question. Do you feel, that, and I'm lightly pushing back now, do you feel like this is sin? Because to me, that's not sin. That's so much as it is temptation. Temptation is at your door. That's what the fiery arrows are. I'm shooting temptation your way. And I'm seeing if you have your shield up. And if you don't, it's going to catch you in the spine and you're going to fall headlong into sin. That we are the ones that act upon a sin. The sin isn't a thing until we do it. It's not sin until we act upon it. It's just a thought, or it's just a temptation. It's just a suggestion until we say, "Yeah, I want to do that thing." Then that becomes sin. Not before that.
0: I think that's a fair fair assessment. What you just said there. I'm just saying that when you move closer to the Lord, yes, your your desires change. You move from your natural, you know, animalistic desires you know, eating whenever you want. You know, you don't, you care about that. you having sex with whoever you want. You don't care about that. You know, if if I get angry, I'll, I'll just be violent, just pound somebody. That is a naturalistic, animalistic uh, approach to things. That's why I don't really like the phrase, oh man, that person's a beast. Uh, that just, I, I just don't like the connotation of that because that just means that person is to their animalistic, you know, situation. I know that's not how the culture views that. I just think that it's all of that stuff is twisted and I, and I digress, but I, it's difficult, isn't it? Yes. Isn't it, di- isn't it difficult? Good. Like the, everybody has the one thing that they deal with. And I think most men, 95% of them deal with this, this sin here, whether they want to admit it or not, in some form or capacity, on some level of the spectrum, they deal with this. Now, let me ask this question to you. Is this sin being addressed in the church as it should be? To to. <laughs> As to what I've seen, I can't say that about every
1: church, but as to what Mm -hmm. I've seen, absolutely not. The church is more so concerned about numbers and, and people filling seats as it is about the spiritual health of the flock. Or where where people are. And as and to speak to your point earlier, I can't necessarily lay it all at the church's feet because people are hiding this. They do not want to expose this. This is something that's a deep shame and maybe maybe a light regret there, but they can't stop it. They're addicted and they don't want to give it up. Even even though it's hurting them and even though they understand it's hurting them. I think they understand it's hurting them, but they do not want to release the good, so to speak, that, that they feel from doing this stuff. That, that's, a, that's a stress reliever. That's that, that helps you clear your mind. Your mind becomes foggy when you're built up with sexual tension. Like it's hard to think, it's easy to get angry. It's um, it, it, like that thing stirs a lot of negative aspects of the flesh when it is not satisfied and the way we combat this is that we need to turn our minds and our hearts and our everything to christ that's why we have to die we have to die to sin in order to be able to get away from that and that is that is something that's going to one you have to be instructed also two you have to be disciplined so my question to you is Why do believers have to be
0: instructed and disciplined in the word? Why do believers have to be instructed and disciplined in the word? Well, I think it's good to remind people. Um, You know, you may have read the scriptures back and forth a hundred times, but I still think it's good to be reminded. Um, It's good to instruct and discipline in the word because no one seems to be holding anybody to a standard anymore. There's no standards being held. And so I think when you instruct and, and are disciplined in the word, just like anything, if you're disciplined in the weight room, you will produce muscle. If you're disciplined in at work, you will produce you know, uh, raises or whatever the product of you working overtime is. You have to be disciplined for there to be any produce. You have to keep at it. Anything in life, regardless. You want to work on a language? You can't do a language flippantly. You'll never get it. So you have to be disciplined in what, is ma- what matters to you. And so I think for us believers, what matters to us is the word of God. So to be disciplined in that means to produce, to have it hid in your heart, to be instructed in these. There's two things I think in the church that don't like being talked about, and that's money and sex. Money don't like being talked about because everybody grabs their wall at the moment the, the preacher starts talking about money. And then you start talking about sex and everybody kind of glazes over because, oh, my goodness, the game lady he's talking about this right now. So, like, those two things are actually the two things that are plaguing the church the most. But they're the two things that we don't really want to talk about because it makes people uncomfortable. Here on this podcast, we actually are looking to make you uncomfortable. So, welcome. Uh, <laughs> I, I, th- I think to be instructed is a two-part. It's good to be disciplined, but you also have to want it. You can't instruct somebody who's rebellious. You can try, but you'll get worn out and frustrated. And it'll just it, it will be more of a burden than than a blessing to you. There has to be a two way street, and I have I have to address myself in all of this to say, you know, that ebb and flow with this particular sin grieves me deeply. It, it, I'm convicted of it. It's not something that is. I'm like, oh man, you know, here I am. Like, you know, I, I'm. I'm deeply grieved over my sin. I think I would ask everyone that. Are you grieved over your sin or does it not matter to you? Do you kind of kind of lean on that hyper grace feeling? I'm going to share my my last scripture with you from Hebrews 4:15 through 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I think there's a hesitation to go to the throne after you've sinned because you're, there's shame and guilt and you think I'm unworthy. I've done that. I have a, I'll, I'll be transparent here. I have a prayer clause and I fell a couple of weeks ago I sat outside that prayer closet and prayed because I did not feel worthy to go in there and be before him. It, it, it burdens me. And so like that, that scripture, and I I brought that because I wanted to encourage you. You're not alone. You don't have a high priest an intercessory God that cannot relate to you. He was fully man and fully God. So he knows about being tempted. Um, Go to him and and i I would encourage you to do that it's difficult sometimes you were writing and i want to give you a chance to speak about something you were writing down yes um on that on that scripture the
1: the thing about a lot of human beings is that we are limited by our belief so before i'm I'm gonna give a little bit of example It's, it's a small example before i became a field service technician i was not very confident in my ability to pick up the knowledge necessary to be able to work on machinery to uh, deal with uh, cutting into pipe uh, any of those kind of things that kind of technical things those things that are very risky and that can cause damage, hundreds of thousands of dollars of damage if you do things wrong. And that fear would grip me, the fear of the unknown. And I would want to have somebody like you, um, I, I would wanna see you do these things. I would, want, I would wanna be an observer to somebody doing it correctly. So then I can know, hey, it's been done and it is possible. And I can do this. First is the mindset. First, you have to believe. You have to be able to see it, understand that it's a reality and that it can be done. Then you need to do it yourself. And, and that takes discipline. Obviously, it takes instruction and it also takes faith. You have, to ha- you have to believe. You have to know that you can do this thing. It's not just this person. It's not just that person. It can be you as well. So... Christ, like you said, that scripture right there lets us know that Christ did these things. Christ can do it. And he told us in his word that we will do these things and greater. So it's a possibility. And obviously that was talking about miracles and different things like that. But these things, these, these are things that we can do because Christ did. Christ did it being for, like you said, fully God and fully man, Christ did it. So we can do these things, but we have to lean on Christ. We cannot do it on our own strength, but because we bend the knee to Christ and his will and we are disciplined and we are instructed, and we have faith the size of a mustard seed, we can overcome these things because Christ overcame them for us. Now we got to do is walk in the path that he laid out for us. So we make it a lot more difficult for ourselves than it has to be. And the quicker that we get out of our way, and we let Christ do his work in our life and we are obedient and we don't buck against the machine and we know what the word says and we act on it, we will be better off. We will be so much better off
0: than where we are now. What would you, I'm going to just, I think, why would you say transparency is so imperative to overcoming sexual sin? Well,
1: go back to the garden. When they ate of the fruit, their eyes was open. And once their eyes was open, they understood that they were naked. And then God called for them in the cool of the day and they hid from him. They fashioned fig leaves for themselves to cover themselves. Transparency is the shedding of these fig leaves. Transparency lets people know, I am not perfect. I am not this super Christian that doesn't do anything wrong and that's looking at you like you need to get like me. No, I'm coming from a place of understanding that I am naked, I am um, exposed and I'm not and I'm not ashamed of it because Christ paid the penalty for my sins so that as I'm stumbling through this life, not having somebody there to hold my hand and bring me, bring me along and show me this and show me that, we have the word of God and we have the Holy Spirit, which is the greatest teacher that we can have. So the quicker we tap into the spirit and we step outside of the flesh, trying to trying to look like this to this person and be like that, be transparent, be open, and be the light for that situation. Because I feel like there's too many believers that are trying to, well, so-called believers that are trying to make it seem like they had it all together and they had it together from the get-go. They've never struggled. They've never been through anything. They've never made mistakes. And they're just constantly looking down their nose at other people like, get to where I am. That is not the image of Christianity that I want our for our our people that are watching this video to understand it is that is not the Christian that is not the personification of a true believer, a true believer is open, a true believer is meek, mild, and they're there to to help you in any way shape or form that they can they're there to be alongside you and bring you up not to push you down and say oh you need to be like me or or, why don't you have this yet or any of that if you get around people like that run run for the hills run for the hills this this faith everything is hinged upon this love thing it is hinged upon love So we have to be open, transparent and honest with people and love them and let them know that you're going to fall. But you run to Christ when you when you fell and you felt the need to stay outside of your prayer closet. Some I should have been there to tell you run to Christ. Get in there. Because that's where it is. That's where the healing is going to come. That's where, the, that's where the, um, the shame and the guilt is going to melt off of you. Because that's where you go to be with the Almighty alone. And, and the Lord knows what you're doing. The Lord knows what you're doing. He's not blind. He sees this stuff. He wants you to confess. He wants you to come to him. So in, in your falling and in your failings, have, have faith. Believe on God and return. That is, the, that is one of the main things all throughout the Bible. Return, return, return. So return to the Lord.
0: Amen. Boy, that was, that was powerful. Good. Good, uh, good words there. I, I, I agree with you. Transparency is just acknowledging your sin. I think the last generation has a tendency to be really difficult with this um and and our generation i'm not saying they're any better i'm just saying that they're going to struggle with this if they don't come to this place to acknowledge the fact that hey look i struggle with this because if you're not transparent we don't know how to pray for you and you would want the prayers of the saints to go up before the father on your behalf but if no one knows you deal with this then this is a very a lot of people think hey look this is a personal struggle you know the lord knows me he knows what i'm what i'm dealing with right now that may be very true but you should want others to pray for you, come around you, help you and 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 guide you maybe in some things. Maybe there's a lot of people that are going through the same thing you're going through and they and they come out on the other side and they can say, hey, look, I I've been there. Let me let me share some understanding with some things you could do, and you could be out of that sin a lot sooner than you are, because you kind of just were ashamed and stubborn, and I'll just work on it in my own sweet time. And then and then nothing happened. You just remained in it. And so guys, we, we, we don't want to be around the bush here. We want to be transparent with you. We want to be honest with you, uh, uh give testimony when, when it, when it's applicable. Uh, so I'm glad that you're here with us. We would love to hear in the comments if, if this is something you deal with, because we'd like to pray for you in that way. Um, I don't know if we're going to hear from anybody <laughs> because of this topic, but, uh, we do want to hear from you and uh, like, share, and subscribe. Eric, is there anything else you want to say before we close tonight? No, I think I talked out. <laughs> <But I'm thankful. laughs> hey, it's okay.
1: Here, I'm thankful that you're hey. here and I hope That our our transparency mm-hmm. is a blessing to you. I hope that I hope that you realize that you know, but Christians aren't perfect, but we're we're striving. We're striving every day to be like the Almighty. We're striving. And and we encourage you to keep the faith and keep striving
0: as well. Yep, Don't give up. He is somebody that understands our situation. And let's just continue to go to him. Guys, I'm so glad you've been here with us for another episode of Black and White Christianity. Like always, we love you. And God God bless. bless.